Okay, well, uh, we had a great time with uh, Freedom. It's been a Freedom Weekend, and, and uh, I was weighing up where, where to go with this morning's message. And uh, so I cut back on some of the input on the weekend, and uh, we made a bit more time for praying for people. And uh, I want to share a message. I, 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 I sort of formed it while I was away, and uh, I've only kind of had a good, shared it one night, and there was such a dramatic response. I want to share a message because we're on the theme of freedom, and I want to share a message called Defiling Attachments. Defiling Attachments, or things we can attach to that defile us and our walk with God. And it can happen so very easily, we may not even be aware of it. And as I'll share in the message, you may, some of us here may be more inclined to form those attachments than others because of experiences we've had in life. So I wanna show you and help you uh, in your journey. And uh, sometimes people call these ungodly soul ties. That, if you've ever heard that expression, ungodly soul ties is the reason they call them that. I like to call it defiling attachments because we have an attachment that is not healthy. It actually causes defilement in our thinking, our emotions, and our spiritual walk in life with God. And so if you can be aware of that and know how to break it off you, then it's a big help. Big help, okay? So the first thing is, let's talk about it. The first thing is, you are created by God to attach. We are all created for an attachment, a spiritual attachment and emotional attachments. That's why within us, there are longing to connect. You know, human beings are most amazing. They always wanna connect and gather. And if we're not gathering around the law, we'll find something else to gather around, gather around a shed, gather around tools, gather around guns, gather around sports, gather, people gather, they just gather. And it's because we are designed by God for attachment. In Deuteronomy 6, verse four and five, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your might. So notice here, love the Lord with all your heart. You are made or we're designed for loving connection and attachment. We're made that way. Every one of us is made that. There's nothing wrong for you to want to be loved. Nothing wrong for you to want to be connected and attached. God has designed us that way. It is sin has caused the separation and, just, and interfered or interrupted with our ability to have healthy relationships. So when we, for example, when we come to the Lord, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 that we become joined to the Lord. How about that? So when you, when you are born again, when you are born into the kingdom of God, the Spirit of God comes and in 1 Corinthians 6, 16, it says we become joined to the Lord. That word join is to become glued or attached or bonded. So before that, we were detached. We were literally a spiritual orphan who had to find resources for ourselves. But when we come to the Lord, we come to God as our Father and we're His children, we become bonded to Him. He becomes the source of the things we need in life. And so the relationship is described as a bonding or attachment to Him. And you can't get any closer than two people's spirit being joined like that. That word joined, glued, attached, bonded, is like a, it, it has to do with a covenantal relationship. So when you come to Christ, you become bonded to the Lord. And that is a healthy relationship that opens the way for your needs to be met in every arena of life. So the relationship with God is meant to be a channel or source of supply for your needs and also to overflow so you can minister to the needs of other people. That's the design. Attach to the Lord, draw from that attachment and then overflow so you have much to give to others. That's why it tells us that when we're in alignment with the Lord and walking with Him, then there's peace in our heart and a joy that overflows. How about that? So that's attachment, we're designed for it. You're made for attaching, so that's why it's really good. However, we also need people and relationships with people that are healthy and nurture our soul. So in Genesis, God has made Adam and Adam has got this beautiful creation. There's no sin, everything's amazing. But in the midst of it, God says in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it's not good for man 
to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So notice what, God's, what God says is that it's not healthy, it's not good to be alone. So separation, loneliness, isolation, going it alone is not good. That's the only thing in the book, in, in, the, in Genesis and creation that God said is not good. What is not good is doing life on your own. We're not made for that. We're made for interactions. We need interactions. That's why if you can't have them or you're cut off from them, it's so painful because we're designed not only to have a relationship and attachment to God, but we're designed for relationships with people where we can overflow and impart to them or give to them. And they can also provide for us and bless us. So we're designed for community and we're designed specifically for attachments. That's a great thing. That's a very good thing. So when the attachments are healthy, then we thrive. Have you noticed you get some people and they're your friend and whenever you get with them, you just thrive. It really does you good. If you notice also there's other people, you get with them, actually afterwards, you're not too good at all. You, you went downhill and something happened. You know, some people are like that. They don't, they're not healthy, they're not healthy people. And when you're around them and hang on to them too much, then the effect is quite negative. Now this need for attachment is demonstrated right at a very conception of us as a human being. Look at this. And uh, in uh, the example of David in Psalm 22, verse nine. Psalm 22, verse nine. But you are the one, or you are he, who took me out of the womb. Now notice the statement here. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. Isn't it interesting that the attachment between a mother and a child facilitates the development of the ability to trust. You can't build relationships without the ability to trust. If your ability to trust is damaged, you're gonna have trouble with future relationships. You won't be able to attach in a way that life flows, you'll always be separate and guarded, see? And so attachment, when we term that term of attachment, refers to an emotional bonding that takes place between a mother and a child. I notice it's quite interesting watching uh, when my youngest daughter, Sarah, would brought her baby home and the baby would hug onto her hold onto her really tight and I'd go over and she'd take a look and look and look and then burrow back in the way to, to kind of get away and this to burrow in to get uh, comfort and refuge from her mother. And that's, that's actually a godly design. It's a godly design, that attachment. And so that attachment, apparently, that attachment, a healthy attachment to your mother at the very beginning of your life uh, teaches you that you can trust and enter relationships which are open and healthy for you. So that's a very, very important start. So the mother's level of attachment to the child in turn affects the child's ability to attach to the mother and to other relationships. You see where this is going in a moment. So a, mother, a child then learns to find comfort and refuge in the mother and feeling that refuge, it becomes safe to trust and explore the world. So at a physical level, a child is nurtured by the mother, but it's also forming its view of itself and forming the ability to trust in life, in relationships. And of course, if there's a problem at that early stage, then that's a real difficulty. So, uh, uh, so the foundations for communication and attachment are formed right there in the relationship between a mother and the infant that feeds because there's an interaction. The child is learning to become social. The child is learning to connect. When the baby's feeding, it'll watch the mother's face and it has an impact that is lifelong. So if there's problems there, then damaged, if, if, if attachment to a mother is damaged, then we have a tendency throughout our life to attach to unhealthy things that defile us. So some have had a healthy up 
uh, connection with their mother and a healthy upbringing will find attachments quite easy. They form friendships quite easy. They connect with people quite easy. But others where there's been issues at the beginning will find attachment difficult and tendency to attach to the wrong kind of things. That makes sense? So I've had to go through a journey to look at my own relationships and uh, as we start with our walk with the Lord, he deals with the most obvious areas of sin and things that are wrong in our life. But as we journey with him, the journey is one of deepening intimacy or ability to attach and connecting him. And so if you journey intentionally to get nearer to God, he will show you where there are issues in your life that affect your ability to open and become vulnerable and trust him. And he exposes those things. And so our journey towards knowing God more deeply is also a journey of discovering blockages in our heart that stop us from connecting with God and connecting in healthy ways with people. And in my journey, I've discovered a number of things. And uh, one of them is that prenatal experiences that are bad or painful or hurtful can affect your ability to to, to connect. So in my own specific journey, uh, my mother had toxemia, which means it's a very serious condition that threatens the life of the baby. So when I was in the womb, before I was even into this world, my life was under threat and labor had to be induced. So I was born prematurely. So that first experience then is experiences of the fear of dying. And it's all connected to the attachment to a mother. You understand? So, so you're, you're not conscious of all this stuff, but later on you find there's fear and anxiety around relationships and attaching that you can't explain until the Lord shows what the issue was. So some people arrive in this world and already they are anxious and fearful and sometimes traumatized because of what they experienced. And this means a difficulty in attaching and a tendency to attach to the wrong things. I'll give you a list of the kind of things that people get attached to. And uh, when you have a look at it, you'll, you'll laugh at some of them because it's just, whoa, now I get it. So for example, if the mother rejects the baby, doesn't want the child, the child can then experience a deep wound of rejection and an inability to attach sometimes major breastfeeding problems. If there's been an attempted abortion, the child registered the spirit of murder and rejection and struggles then to attach through life. These are the kind of things that happen. Uh, if there's a premature birth, the child has not gone to full term. Again, the child experiences the trauma, I'm not ready for this yet, and they then have an anxiety and fear, again, of attaching and forming healthier relationships. So we, children can be born into the world and then have anxiety and fear already around their life. And they don't know why then when it comes to relationships, there's a struggle to connect. Uh, a second aspect, apart from the prenatal is the area, remember what the Bible said, you taught me to trust on my mother's breast. In other words, in that initial attachment to a mother, that was when we can learn to feel secure, find refuge and trust and enter into relationships. Uh, a second aspect of it is, uh, that causes difficulty is postnatal separation. In other words, when a child is born and then is separated for some reason from the mother. And I had that experience twice. The first was being prematurely born and put in an incubator where there was no physical contact with anyone. When there's no physical contact with anyone, there's a deep anxiety and feeling of stress and uh, also a fear and a searching to try and find connection that can't be found. And so children, in those days, they would put them in an incubator and so there's like a perspex covering and or glass covering and you couldn't actually have connection with people because of the danger that you, they might propose to you. And so that had quite some effect on me. 
So later on, my mother, when I was about the age of four, I suppose, she got uh, new, uh, TB, and so when they had TB, they isolated them. And uh, when they isolated them, there was, again, a months of period where there's a separation. Now, I never thought anything about it until in journaling and drawing near to God, he showed me the impact of it, and I had encounters of God where he actually healed those areas in my life. He came to me in a vision and actually imparted to me healing from the anxiety and the fear and the sense of being separated continually. So these are, these are things, of course, there's other experiences that people can have postnatal. They can be hospitalized, the mother's hospitalized, child hospitalized, or the, the, the child may be adopted. And, uh, but the symptoms of it are the person has a very low sense of self-esteem and they have unhealthy ways of relating and connecting, which then they've got to get over. And when, because they think it's just me, well, then that's a problem. So there's other things that cause that, and that is childhood neglect or abuse. So when a child is neglected or their basic needs are withheld from them, then they can also go through anxiety about attaching and relationships or quite some fear. If a child is abused, the same kind of thing. So many people, as they grow up and grow to, on the journey to adulthood, find it hard to form relationships and instead gravitate to things that provide comfort. Every time they feel a bit anxious, you know, you start eating or something like that. And then the eating itself becomes a problem. So, so when trust is damaged or that ability to attach is damaged, then the child will always feel anxious, won't bond, will struggle with low esteem and then struggle attaching and trusting later on. And that affects their ability to form relationships. Of course, if there's betrayal, betrayal by a spouse, betrayal by someone you trusted also causes a deep impact of shame and it causes the fear of trusting and confusion about any kind of reality and relationship. So someone who's gone through a betrayal in marriage, that they, they actually wonder what was real and what wasn't real. They, they feel a deep sense of shame, something's wrong with me, and they struggle to trust. So the issue is not just one of forgiveness, it's the one, can I trust? So to trust God, I surrender and open and become vulnerable to him and rely on him and take the risk of being let down. So this is the journey to intimacy, is a journey really to remove the barriers to trusting relationship with God. Make sense to you? So these are all the things that have effect, okay then. So attachments, so we're designed for attachments, that we're designed for attachment with God, we're designed for attachment with people, and the earliest attachment with our mother and pre or early childhood attachments can have a massive effect on our ability to enter into relationships. Now, relationships can be, attachments can be a blessing or a burden. So, for example, marriage, in Genesis 2:24, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, the two shall become one. It's the same word, joining. So that word joining refers to sexual intimacy between two people brings a bonding. So when two people start to become intimate sexually and they start to become open and vulnerable to one another, a law of bonding starts to take place and they start to gravitate, get closer and closer. And if, if it's a premarital sexual situation, there's no marriage covenant, then there is a bonding still. The bonding is there because God designed us to want to be intimate, to know someone and be known by them. Not just by God, but also by people. There's a craving to know one, to be known and welcomed and celebrated and to have life from relationships. That's where they come. In, in Romania, for example, when they went in after the walls came down and they found babies in orphanages, that many of them died because there was no physical contact. They couldn't understand the high death rate. So connection, physical contact, for, uh, affirming relationships are all important to our journey in life. So they can be healthy. So marriage can be a really healthy bonding, a healthy attachment. God's intention is a husband and wife not just physically connect, but their souls and emotions connect and that their spirits flow one to another uh, in their marriage intimacy. And uh, so it's a very, very, it's a very, very good thing. To become one, there's a life flow and friendship. 
And so I'm very glad that after 53 years, I have a deep friendship and bonding still with my wife, that nothing has damaged that. We've gone through ups and downs and whatever, but the bonding is one of deeper and deeper friendship and closeness. And it's a life-giving relationship where if we're not together, we feel the loss and the distance of the other one. That's how God meant it to be. Well, you're getting required about all that. See, so friends, so friends, good friends, attachment to good friends can impart life to us. So there's a Bible example there with Jonathan and David, for example. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 3, Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. So Jonathan was attracted to David. And then later on it says in 23, 1 Samuel 23, 16, then Jonathan's Saul's son arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God and said, don't be afraid. The hand of my father Saul shall not find you. You will be king over Israel. I will be next to you. This is amazing, isn't it? So you notice there that Jonathan saw David had a warrior spirit. He had a spirit of faith. There is something different when people believe God and nothing is too big for them to face. When, when you get alongside people where there's a spirit of faith, oh, it does something to you. You know, I was a pastor for quite some years, 10 years, and I looked around, I came to the conclusion that the movement, the connections, the friendships, relationships I had, there was no spirit of faith for miracles. And so I made a decision I started to ask, where and who can I connect with that would impart faith to me? And I found a man called Clark Taylor, who was from Australia. And so I made a decision. I started to pray, God, help me find a way to connect with someone who can impart faith into me. Because I've heard that everyone who gets alongside this person, they come out and there's faith in their life and their life is quite different. They sound different, they minister different, there's miracles in their ministry, I want that. So I look for a way to form a connection with him. And in forming the connection with him, I had to let go then relationships which were not helping the journey of going up, of growing in my Christian life. Very painful to separate and then to form new relationships and then know that out of the relationship, I would receive an impartation that would shift my life and ministry to another level. So friendships can have a huge difference, make a difference in your life because there can be impartation that blesses you. That's why you gotta be careful in your choice of friends. We can be friendly to everyone, but not everyone is my friend. That makes sense, it's different. And people get confused, I love everyone. Ah, yeah, we love people, but love people means, what does that mean? It means doing what is in their best interests. And that may be sometimes distancing from them if they're unhealthy and they refuse to change. So, so we need connection to people. And you notice in the story of David and Jonathan that Jonathan saw David and David, Jonathan also had a warrior spirit and he saw that's my kind of man. I like being around that kind of person. When I'm with them, something changes inside me, lifts me up, and that's good for me. Okay? And, and so, I, so, so when he saw that, they, they committed to one another. In other words, they were bonded together, not just because of a kindred spirit, they were bonded because they made a commitment to walk together. And they promised to look out for one another and look out for their families. And so, and Jonathan, notice what Jonathan said, Jonathan said, God is, he came and strengthened David when he was in difficulty. So David's alone, David's being hounded down, he's being chased, he's fearing for his life and Jonathan searches him out and comes and he said, I'm with you. You know, when you have someone with you in the midst of a very hard time, when everything is overwhelming you, it can impart such life. Just one that stands alongside you says, I'm with you, I'm with you. And that's what he said, I'm with you in this. You're not gonna die. And he strengthened his hand in God. So the best friends you have are the ones that strengthen you to walk with God, believe God, trust God. We all need people like that. You need good friends that will strengthen you in God, that when you get around them, you feel you should pray more. When you get around them, you feel you should be in the Word more. There's something in their life that pulls you up. David had such a one, didn't have many. Now, and I won't go into this, but it says there 
notice what Jonathan said. He said, and when you become king, as I know you will be because God said you will, I'll be there by your side. One of the sad stories is that David, uh, Jonathan was not by his side. He died in battle because he refused to disconnect from a destructive relationship. So in spite of knowing that there's a special relationship, David will be king, he's a special friend, he'll have a special place of honour, he perished because of an attachment, a relationship that was defiling that he would not let go of. How about that? How about that? So your friendships can make a huge difference to where your life goes. Your friendships reflect what you're like and they reflect where you're going. And so maybe you need better friends. So healthy attachments are great for us. So there's lots of healthy attachments. We can be attached to, and we should be attached to parents, have a godly bonding and connection and love and respect for parents uh, so that that can be a building for us and a blessing for us and a part to us. It can be with grandparents. Grandparents can do that too. It can be with teachers. It can be with a special friend. It can be with someone in church. could be with a pastor. There are many relationships where they're temporary. We have an attachment and the result is they bring life to us and shift us. We need relationships like that. And so God plants us in a church. Now, when he plants you in a church, it's not just to come and sit in the pew and come and go. It's actually to belong to a body and connect somewhere. You need to be connected in a small group where you can form relationships where people know you and you become known and they become known and you, there's a building takes place in your life. You, you are strengthened like a coal in a fire. You become strengthened by the fire of others. That's how God's designed us to be. Designed us, he's designed us for healthy relationships. Now, attachments uh, cannot, so great, great relationships are really good. I got people, whenever I'm with them, I come away feeling really energized. That's, that's what attachment to healthy relationships do. They energize you, inspire you, relax you, you feel you're happy after you've been with them. They've done something to you. So relationships are meant to be a source of life. However, some relationships are not healthy at all. And so there are attachments we may form that are unhealthy for us, either because we make them because we're broken or we make them because things have happened to us. And so sometimes things that happen to us that, that cause us to become bonded because it was very emotional experience. The more emotional, the stronger the attachment. And if the, the relationship or attachment is ungodly, demons use it as a doorway to keep you defiled and tormented and, and, and lacking in strength. That's why it's important that you look at the impact or fruit of relationships, connections, attachments, what you're doing, that you keep allowing the Holy Spirit to show you if they've become unhealthy. If they become unhealthy, they will defile you and draw your heart, draw your attention away from God. So we want people that move us in the direction of our goals, move us towards God, move us to being healthy. We need that kind of thing. And uh, attachments to others can cause a lot of problems. And of course, this is very difficult during teenage years. During teenage years, children are making a, a shift and a change from being attached and dependent on parents to being separated and forming their own life and identity. And so this transition of teenage years is a crucial one because if you form the wrong relationships and attachments, they can lead you down a path where you make many mistakes, you become defiled, and you have so much baggage that life becomes burdensome going forward. And, and of course, you've got to be careful because that's the time you're the most vulnerable. That's the time you need mum and dad. So mum and dad, your, your dad especially, teenagers need you to be engaged with them during this time to help the transition to be a godly and a good one. And young people, you need your dad during that season or someone who can act as a model for you and you can sound off and get some wisdom from. So, during, so, so there are many ways that we can have unhealthy attachments. So it can be ungodly relationships. In 1 Kings 11 and verses four through to verse eight, you remember King Solomon? Well, King Solomon was a wise king. He was wise because he had encounters with God and God gave him prosperity and riches and everything. It came from the attachment to God. But when he got older, he started to get attracted to other women. Bad woman. 
bad. And says, when he was old, there it is, verse four, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart wasn't loyal to the Lord as was the heart of his father. For he went after Ashtoreth, that's the spirit behind Jezebel, the goddess of the Sidonians, after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, uh, which is uh, uh, the spirit of Baal, same thing. And, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, didn't fully follow the Lord God. And he built in the high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and Molech, the abomination of the people Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrifice. Now you notice now, his life has turned. He started off, and when, when you read the story, it's the most incredible story of a glimpse of the coming kingdom of God manifesting in the earth. All the kings of the earth came to him. They were astonished at his wisdom that, that he had, his insight. He wrote books on, on all kinds of science things. He, he had an amazing capacity. Uh, his whole, the whole, the, the, the display of his, uh, his throne, the attendants, the way they dressed, the way they behaved were just, they were breathtaking. If you've seen the coronation of, of, Prince, of King Charles, it was nothing compared to the glory and majesty of King Solomon's rule. It said he had so much silver they didn't count it anymore. Gold was multiplied. The kingdom was wealthy and people came from all over the world to see it, a prefigurement of the coming kingdom of Christ. And yet, how did he lose it all? Defiling attachments defiling attachments, attachment to people that were defiled by demons caused his heart to be moved away from God. That's why you have to be careful about the relationships you form. If, and I'll just touch on that, but you see what happened to him? He lost everything because he attached himself in sexual intimacy to people that were ungodly and worshiped idols and demons. And the lesson for that is, be careful who you form close attachments with. They will affect your destiny. He lost his legacy. Can you imagine what he left to the next generation? He left wealth beyond measure, glory beyond measure, but he left also a judgment of God upon the next generation that caused them to lose uh, you know, 10 out of the 12 tribes. It's disastrous. Make you weep when you look at it. So the people we get attached to and the things we get attached to can defile and make our heart cold. And that costs us generationally. The Bible tells us, for example, in Proverbs 22, 24, don't make friendship with an angry man lest you learn his ways and get a snare for your soul. So if you, if you uh, know people that are angry, they're struggling with injustice, they're full of injustice, they're angry people, usually they protest quite a lot, they, they take up causes and things like that. But people like that often are carrying unresolved anger. And the Bible says, if you make them your friends, if you become closely attached with them and their cause, you will become an angry person and your soul will be snared. You will be defiled by the attachment. See? You're getting real quiet on this stuff. It's helpful to see it. It's all there, isn't it, really? What about offended and bitter people? In Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible tells us, guard your heart against bitterness because bitterness is a root that defiles all relationships. So if you, person who's bitter was first offended. So if you get with people that are offended, they're carrying offenses. Offenses against the mother, offense against the father, offense against authority, offense against all kinds of things. They're offended in their heart because they've disobeyed God and refused to process their pain like God says. And then that offense turns to bitterness. And when people are offended and bitter, the one thing they will wanna do always, they will want to tell you about how badly they've been treated, how unjustly they've been treated, and how angry they are about it. And this is wrong, this isn't right. So when you get around people who are offended, they must download their offense to try to bring you into agreement with them so it stirs offense in your life as well. So offended people, cause a spirit of offense to come on others and they also become embittered and then they make bad decisions. 
So, so you can be friendly to people who are offended. You can be friendly to people who are bitter, but you don't invite them closely into your world and attach to them in a close relationship or their constant negativity will defile you and you will lose your intimacy with God. You'll lose your journey. You'll become negative and reactionary and caught up with all kinds of things. So whenever, whenever, we form ungodly or defiling attachments. We have bonded to someone or something that gives demons a legal right to access our life. And they do certain things. So when you have ungodly attachments, you will have unwanted, intruding, defiling thoughts. Thoughts that keep coming, you can't seem to stop them. They seem to be things that come constantly. You will have emotions stirred up You'll be defiled in your emotions, feeling anger and injustice, all this kind of thing. You will have intrusive pictures and images come, things that you are part of, things that you're still connected to, and those images come back and you can't seem to get rid of them. This is one of the problems with sexual sin or pornography or any engagement or any form of sexual sin or sexual abuse. There are images that seem to have a life and a power of their own because the joining that took place through sexual sin created an attachment that demons can use and keep bringing the pictures back. And those pictures will come back. You're trying to be intimate with your wife and then pictures of previous things will return because demons are stirring the defilement up. And so you're now your marriage is being defiled. Young people, don't have a history of baggage sexually. So when you get married, now you got all this junk coming into intimacy, defiling your marriage, defiling you, defiling your spouse. It's, the Bible says to keep the marriage bed undefiled. Don't allow unclean stuff to come in. Don't be attached to things that would defile your relationships. Amen. <laughs> there we go. Okay then. So, so those are some of the things. And of course, what happens is uh, when, when, when you have these ungodly attachments, demons just exploit them to keep you manipulated and anxious or fearful, uh, uh, unable to boundary relationships, uh, involved in relationships that are controlling and you can't seem to say what you want to say. So let me have a look at the source. Now, here's the thing about it. Ungodly attachments become an idol in the heart. When you get attached to things, and, and, and they now you're drawing life from them, not only do they defile you, they become like an idol because the moment anyone tries to talk to you about it, you get angry. You can tell what people's idols are. They get angry when you try to talk to them about them. They get upset. So an idol is a substitute for God. An idol is anything we look to for refuge or comfort or strength. So where do you turn when you're anxious, distressed, where do you turn? You turn to the thing that you have an attachment to to bring comfort. So for some people, they may turn to alcohol whenever they feel anxiety or stress. For some people, they may start to flick into media when they feel anxious or stressed. For some, they may they turn into pornography when they feel anxious and stressed. In other words, these are actually uh, are an attachment that you have formed to feed the pain, to feed the need in your heart, but they're ungodly and defile you. And, and you don't realize they become an idol in the heart. So I have found people who are in church and they're worshiping God. They wonder why not much is happening because they've got so many ungodly attachments. And then when you try to talk to them about it, then they get very reactionary. And the very fact you're reacting means you're fearful that your source of life will be removed from you. That's why you're angry. But actually, it's not doing you any good. People who love you will talk to you even in spite of you getting angry. So, so what are some of the possible uh, sources of ungodly attachments and how can I get free of them? What are some of the, I'll just give you a list, I won't go into details, but if I just give previous sexual partners, anyone you had sex with, there will be an ungodly attachment, a defiling attachment. If you are involved in pornography or have been involved in pornography, there will be ungodly attachments, emotional attachments, spiritual links that produce defilement, allow demons to come and defile you. If you've been under someone who's controlling or abusive, you probably find it very hard to break away from them. There is like an attachment because of the emotional pain that person brings you of constantly rejecting you and overruling you and everything. 
uh, dependent relationships where you're trying to rescue someone or help them constantly, they won't be responsible. That kind of relationship will defile you and embitter you. Uh, abusive people, if people are abusive, they curse, they swear, they're angry, that kind of thing. If we form relationship with them, then it defiles us constantly and soon we're doing the same things. Uh, sexual abuse, sexual abuse, it's an unwanted activity sexually, but you become bonded by the trauma to the person and the event, and it's hard to get rid of the images. Part of the problem is the trauma, part of it is the ungodly soul ties or attachments that form. Uh, secrets can cause people to be bonded together. You've got to be very careful when someone says, now promise you won't tell anyone. Well, of course, being disloyal, you tell everyone, blab away. You know, and that, that means you betray them and hurt them deeply. But you've got to be careful with secrets people tell you because if they tell you something about something highly illegal and you, you, you are then bound by your promise to be secret. So you ought to be very careful about allowing secrets. But secrets bond people together. And it's interesting that when people are abusing others, they swear them to secrecy under threat. If you tell anyone, it's going to blow up the family you'll be to blame. That's all manipulation and control. That's all ungodly and defiling things. Yeah? So uh, a trauma experience leaves you bonded to what happened, which was painful. Could be an accident, could be near-death experience, could be something that was very painful and sorrowful, and you become locked into it by this ungodly attachment, hard to break free, and you seem to never get over it. That's the problem with traumas. The spirit of infirmity comes. We can't seem to get over the thing. It just keeps happening. Sometimes the people have been hospitalized for quite a period of time or hospitalized when they're younger. Then they are so traumatized by that that they can't seem to get over that experience at all. Some people, I found, have formed attachments to the spirit of death. You say, how did that happen? Because they got attached to someone who died on them. And frequently that could be a grandparent, you know, there's a dysfunctional family and uh, parents and the child turns to the grandparent, gets deeply attached to them and when they die, they can't let go. And so they remain in a state of grief and they're attached not to the person because they're gone, you're attached to the spirit of grief and the spirit of death. And there may be some here and you've never been able to move on from the loss of someone you loved. It could be uh, attachment to a baby that was conceived and, uh, and there was a miscarriage and there's a trauma and the woman's never got over that. It could be that there was a baby aborted. It could be that there was a child lost and the grief is so deep that the person is attached to it and they keep grieving and they keep being angry and it blows up the marriage relationship. So, so ungodly or these, uh, these uh, defiling attachments deeply affect us. Some people, I remember a, a number of people I prayed for who had tattoos. Now, I'm not a big deal on tattoos. I haven't got any myself, don't want any either. But sometimes I've observed this, that sometimes people got a tattoo because they're involved in the occult and it bound them to the demon. And when, they, when we tried to get them free, they couldn't get free until we laid hands on the tattoo and prayed and then the demon around that manifested. I had one guy and he had a number of occult tattoos. He tried to get the tattooist to over, override them and what he found happen was the tattooist said, something's, something's weird, that thing's fighting back against me. Your whole arm is swelling up, I can't tattoo you. It's like it's fighting back and doesn't want this to happen. And I said, we just need to lay hands and bind the demon. And, and sometimes people have, uh, mem uh, they have tattoos to remind them of people they've lost. But, but, but it, why do you need a tattoo to remind you? Can you not remember them? What is that about? You're, that tattoo is a, is a cutting of your flesh and it'll keep you bound to the spirit of grief and death. And you're just locked into it. And this is what happens. Sometimes people get bound and soul tied or attached deeply into video games and they can't get off them. Some it's media and you can't get off it. If you find you're attached to stuff and it's trying to comfort you and distract you and fill the gap in your life, the chances are you haven't got healthy relationship with God or people and this is a way of trying to fill the need. For some, their, their attachment is to alcohol. For some, their attachment is to drugs. For some, their attachment is to some other kind of thing to try and find refuge or comfort and help and strength to recover from the anxiety. And if people, as I say, have had been damaged early on, this can become a lifelong issue. So as I said, I had my own challenges because there were these deep uh, uh, issues of trauma 
in the womb and then after the womb, and then I realized they were affecting my capacity to be able to relate and to connect and to trust. And then you add into that a few betrayals on the way, and it became a very painful, lonely journey for a season until the Lord helped me resolve all of that. And, and often on the way, we try and find comfort in things, and then the thing becomes an idol, it becomes a very big deal, or it becomes an addictive thing in your life. So I've had to let go of addictive things. Early on, the Lord, I, had, I was really wound up deeply in, uh, in V8 cars. That was my big thing. Man, I was into them. I was into these vintage cars, four pre-war Ford V8s. I even had one. I did it up. It was a, it was a classic. And the Lord said, it has become an idol in your life. Your attachment to it is defiling your life and, and taking finance and time from me and your wife and your children, it needs to go. So you understand, defiling attachments can cost you with money, they can cost you with your energy and time. He said, you haven't got adequate time to do what you need to do if you maintain this. He said, you need to let it go. And I said, okay, if you want it to go, then bring someone to buy it. Within a week, someone knocked on the door. <laughs> Just like that. He just knocked that, just knocked like that. And, and, uh, and, and, and he came and he said, I heard you got a 9034 Ford V8. Is it for sale? I said, yes, it is. Turns out it is. And he said, uh, I said, he said, I want to buy it. I said, that'll be great. I said, the one condition, you've got to take all the parts I have. Everything has got to go. Everything goes. Nothing left. He said, oh, my lucky day. <laughs> he came and took everything away. He smiled, I smiled. We were both happy. Then the Lord spoke to me. I had a black and white TV. In those days, it was black and white and scratchy. It was awful. And he said, you're addicted to television and watching stuff. You need to stop it. And I want you to get, get rid of it. I got rid of it. The next day, someone offered me a color TV. So I was like, unbelievable. I thought, I got it. No, the Lord said, I want you to, just get, to take this out of your life and family. This has got no place where you are in your life right now. So there are a number of the things that the Lord did that to me in a very short space of time. They were all things that I became attached to emotionally and spiritually. They were defiling me and diverting my heart away from God and from my family, and they needed to go. And when I cut them off, blessing flowed because I could focus my life and attention. Amen? Yeah. Okay, so what, well, how many, some of you will have things. So if you've been involved in the occult, you'd be attached there as well. Some people get attached to their pets. It's like, hello, don't you relate to people? What the heck is going on here? You've made it into your lover or something. What is that? It's, I mean, what is that substitute for real relationships? Really? It's, it's, there's something wrong. Now, if, 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 you, if that's what your thing is, I'm just trying to tell you, so don't get angry. <laughs> if you get angry, oh, we got you nailed. <laughs> it's just, we want, God wants us to love with all our heart. God wants to love with all our heart. So if we're, going to, if we're going to break free, you've got to recognize I'm attached to some things emotionally because of bad experiences or because I've looked to them to fix a need in my heart that only God can fix. I need help. And some of that we can do right now. Some of it, it may be a bit of a journey with healing of your heart from traumas you've gone through and from experiences you've had and from bitterness that formed in there. But it always starts with saying, God, I recognize I'm attached to things that defile me and draw my attention and heart away and cause pain to you and the people I love. Lord, today I build an altar and I cut off that attachment. I renounce and break my attachment. Now, Lord, set me free of the defilement and Lord, uncover the root that led me to look to that to save me. We need to incline our heart to the Lord. Because in the end, when He comforts you, you're comforted. When He strengthens you, you become strong. If you turn to something else, it's comfort is brief and it gives you no strength. It just drains money and time and resources and it defiles you. I just sense God just saying, He's, he's bringing the church into a whole new season of worship, a whole new season and faith, a whole new season, but we just need to cut off the attachments that defile us. 
cut them off. If it's a traumatic experience, then bring it to the Lord and pursue healing in that area. If it's something that you've used as a substitute, just come and lay it on the altar and say, God, I abandon it today, I turn to you. When Jacob was in trouble, he built an altar and they took all the household idols, the little things that accumulated that he become dependent on, they all become dependent on. They buried them under the oak tree, which is a picture of the cross and built an altar to the Lord and God blessed them. So why don't we just stand right now? I'd love you just to build an altar to the Lord. Maybe you come around the front and you say, God, there's something that's defiling me and I wanna break it now. It could be a sexual soul tie, an ungodly relationship. It could be something you've been attached to for years. It could have been something that's happened to you that you're still locked in around that thing and need to be set free. Whatever it is, you say, God, this is unhealthy. This is defiling me. Perhaps it's bitterness. You're attached to something that's happened. You say, God, I wanna repent of that. So we recognize the problem. We repent of our attachment and renounce and cancel it. And if we need to forgive people, we forgive them. That's how you do it. So why don't you make your way to the front right now as we just sing the song. We're gonna have an opportunity to pray. Why don't you come? Please come, please come, 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 come. I know there's people today and there's attachments in your life that are unhealthy. Maybe it's visual stuff, it may be media, it may be movie stuff, it may be television dramas you're attached to, it may be some other kind of thing that's stealing your time, stealing your heart, stealing your affections, stealing your finances. You say, God, I wanna get proper balance in this thing again. Maybe some of you have gone through trauma, prenatal trauma, there was attempted abortion, perhaps there was a deep rejection of you, Perhaps there's prenatal uh, wounds that happen. You say, God, I wanna be healed today. Perhaps you had experiences with your mother that were very painful and it's left you embittered and affected your life deeply. Why don't you say, God, I wanna deal with that today. I wanna forgive and repent of my bitterness. Perhaps there's other experiences you've had. You say, God, I've just attached wrongly. I need deep healing in my heart so I feel safe to attach again. Perhaps there's some of you struggling with deep fear, deep anxiety. Have you considered that this may have gone right back to when you were first conceived? That it may actually be in your family line and there's been anxiety all through your life and you've tried to comfort it and fix it with many things and God's saying, come to me. I am your refuge, the place of shelter. I am your strength. I'm a very present help in time of need. Psalm 46, 1, verse 2, Therefore we shall not be afraid. Come, just come, come. I sense there's other people need to come too. Make your way to the front. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, just come to the front. Come now and say, Jesus, I want to open my heart and life and receive You. If you're watching on life, there may be people watching online and you say, oh, today that's just for me. I've got things I'm attached to that I wanna let go of. Why don't you just pray the same prayer they'll all pray here. We're gonna believe God together for God to touch you. Are there any others needing to come now? Any others need to come? Come. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just worship the Lord a little longer? Then I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. While we're worshiping the Lord, those of you who are here, Make your own private prayer. Talk to Jesus. Jesus, I am hurting. Jesus, I'm in pain. Jesus, I'm struggling with anxiety and fear. Jesus, I have no peace in my heart. There is something really deeply wrong that needs healing. If you have something you're attached to that you're struggling with, keep turning to, say, Jesus, Forgive me, I renounce and cancel that false refuge. I repent of it now and I turn to You. Lord, I break that attachment in Jesus' Name. I don't want to be drawn there anymore. Lord, uncover the roots of my pain, why it is that I'm struggling. I want You to heal my broken heart. Come Lord, come Lord. See, this is how you pray. You just talk to Him honestly and you prepare your heart for Him to come. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we honour you, Lord. As we just stand here in your presence, Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you and we need one another. We need healthy relationships. 
healthy friendships. We need you, Lord. Help us. Perhaps there's some of you here today and you've never connected into a small group. The Bible tells us to assemble together, tells us to gather together. How are we ever going to form relationships if we don't get into a small group and work out relationships, come with something to share, receive from others, love people in need, help them in their struggles. That's how we become a community. We connect together. We connect not just in the big meeting, but in the small groups and gatherings, because there we can grow ourselves. There we can receive encouragement. What is holding you back? Is it a bad experience? Or is it actually something broken and you are really struggling to connect? You would rather bury yourself in work, bury yourself in a hobby, bury yourself in pornography, media, than connect in a healthy way. Something's wrong. Everyone's being robbed by that. You have something to give that others need. And they have something for you that you need. That's why God put you in a body. If you stop coming to connect groups, when you make a decision, I'm going to start coming again. I feel His presence here right now. I want you just to follow me in a prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. In a moment, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. At the end of the prayer, we're going to go back into the song and we will come, the ministry team will come and lay hands on you. Just say in one word where you need to break free. Don't make long speeches. The Lord has shown me this. I'm, I'm, I'm wounded here and I need healing or I'm attached here and I need freedom. Oh Lord, we love you. I feel His presence. Just before I lead you in a prayer, can I just share something with you? Can I just share something with you? I, as I studied, I become aware of the, the blockage in my own heart. And I said, Lord, I was born premature. There's anxiety and fear. There was fear of death. And then, Lord, I was separated for such a long period of time. I don't even know how it's affected me, but I know it has. Lord, come to me with healing. And as I closed my eyes, I suddenly felt surrounded by fear. I started to experience the very fear that had come upon me in the womb. I felt it all over me, surrounding me like I'm dying. And I felt the panic come. And then the Lord just spoke and it left just like that. And then suddenly the next thing I could see, I was like lying on a table and I'm surrounded by like a perspex cabinet of some kind. And I'm looking out and I'm disconnected from everyone. And I felt sad. I began to just weep and weep and weep as I felt that wall of disconnection. And then suddenly I saw Jesus standing there. And as he stood there, all of that wall separating me from connection just vanished. He gathered me up and held me. And I felt the healing presence. I felt fear go. I felt rejection go. I felt abandonment go. I felt anxiety go. I felt his presence and discovered, as David discovered, the Lord is my refuge and my strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Just follow me in this prayer. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I hear you speaking to me today. Lord, today I repent of every attachment I've formed that has been ungodly, that has defiled me and continues to defile me. Lord, today in Jesus' name, I renounce and cancel it. I repent of being attached to it. I forgive those who hurt me. Lord, today I come to you
And I ask you to cleanse me, set me free, and heal me at the core of my being. In Jesus' name, I break all agreements with fear and anxiety. And I claim freedom in Jesus' name. Now let's begin to worship Him. I'll pray a prayer over you. Then the ministry team are going to come and lay hands on you. Jesus, we honour you. At the cross, you've conquered fear, conquered anxiety. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our very present help in trouble. Today we turn to you. In Jesus' Name, I break every ungodly attachment. I break every defiling attachment. I break the attachments of sexual sin. I break the attachments of trauma. I break attachments of the occult. I break attachments of idolatry. I break attachments of relationships that are unhealthy. I break those soulish attachments. I speak to defiling spirits. I command you in Jesus' Name, go and lose people. Go and lose people. Fear, rejection, anxiety, unclean spirits, death, torments, Go in Jesus' Name. Lord, we release Your power now. Ministry team, could you come and pray, please?